0: Hey, this is Liberty DeVito, and you're listening to the Fab Four Free for All.
1: And welcome to another edition of the Fab Four Free for All. You said the. I always say the. I know. I just got you to say figure.
0: Fab Four. I say the. Fab I actually four. said Fab Four on my last moderating one yes. in honor of you because I thought that's what you say, but now I hear you say the. So keep going. Welcome to another
1: edition of the <laughs> Fab Four Free for All. I am your moderator for today, Rob Leonard, and joining me are my friends and co-hosts, Mitch Axelrod, hello, and Tony Truguado. Yipperoo! You threw me because I thought you were going to say, you know, R like I and do.
0: You are, Mitch Axelrod, and you are, yippee, <laughs> yippee, and Yahooey! Oh my god, pop culture!
1: Go ahead. Yippee, happy Yahooey! You don't oh, remember them? Cartoon guys yes okay. how do you not remember wow. though I'm, I'm remembering yeah. as we speak anyway our topic today L-LDS. is <laughs> a portion of ringo Starr's recording career with mark cutson and it was an interesting era it was about a 10-year period for ringo and mark cutson they started with vertical man uh, they actually got together before that they did a song for time takes time you can hear his vocals on it, uh, on the background vocals. I forgot the name of the song, though. I forgot I which one it is, but it
0: was, he wrote one of them, yeah. Yeah, So,
1: but Cold then wrote. he ends up doing Vertical Man with Ringo. It's a co-production. And I have to say, just the start-off album of their working relationship, everything was thrown in the sink there. It was everything but the kitchen sink, yes. the way it was produced, the way Mark comes in. We, we all know we've seen him at the Festival of Beatles fans for many years. He's a huge Beatles fan. Uh, he talks about at the fest, you know, him and his brothers would do the harmonies because he's in the Hudson brothers. And we should say that Tony and I, a few years ago, were on stage with with Mark Hudson uh, when he started to sort of change a little bit. He, he now has a show where it's Mark Hudson on stage and he tells stories. And he's a great yes. storyteller. As yeah, know. absolutely. And he's, yeah. Was, when we were on stage, we were interviewing him. And we, just, we, 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 weren't really, well, we, we were, we were asked to interview him. Well, you know,
2: we wound <laughs> him up. He turned and faced his back to us. We turned the crank a little bit and then we just sat yeah, there. Put the and, quarter in and let it go. Yeah, well, put the quarter what, in remember it what it he said
1: to us? He goes, just introduce me and, and I'll take it from there. Yeah, I'll take it from
2: there. <laughs> and he did. He actually talked he, about living. He said, he said, feed me a couple of straight lines. Right. what and he said,
1: he yeah. uh, talked, start actually talking about living on the edge, which he co-wrote with uh, Aerosmith. As a matter of fact, he's written 12 songs or co-written 12 songs. And let's face right it, are, so. truth
2: be told, and I, I don't say this to be funny, he could probably, from a financial standpoint, I mean, living on the edge is great, right. but he could survive probably off the production money of
1: Mbop, Mbop for the Bop rest of his yeah, life. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, Hanson, he yeah. produced Hansen. He produced Hanson. He, so, he's produced a lot of people over the years. Uh, besides Ringo, he produced Ozzy. Who knows how many other people he's produced over the years well, too? You know, we'll that's that's a whole other show. The Carnaby suits start coming That's in. a whole other anyway. show. <laughs> uh but we're talking about his work with Ringo, starting with Vertical Man, which came out in nineteen ninety-eight. One of my favorite Ringo albums of all time. Well, let's, why don't you tell the albums that he did. Okay, well this he did, way we do that. He did Vertical Man, yeah. I Wanna Be Santa Claus, yeah. Ringo Rama, Choose Love. And then Liverpool Eight, yeah, he that's did. a gray area. No, that,
2: he did. He, he did it. He, he produced it,
1: was, it, and then it was reproduced. reproduced now yes. where did we heard that before. Yeah, that's right. Reproduced by Ringo Starr and Dave Stewart. And right. Re, and, reproduced by Phil Spector. Right. Well, right. what was it? What was? What did the Beatles say? Not right.
0: reproduced. I think they what they say that was pretty funny on the album. Overproduced. Oh no! Oh, no. no. Reimagined. No. I no was a, it was a
1: George Martin joke. Yeah. yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but, but there is also. Live albums too.
1: They right, came out. He, VH1 Storytellers album, which is a great live album. That's a for great Ringo. album. And then Live at Soundstage, which basically and Ringo is, Star and friends that did another one. Yeah, that was the other one. Uh, but the Live at Soundstage was interesting because that is the Roundheads. The Roundheads, because yes. he was also the Roundheads with a band that did the albums with Ringo ever since he stopped working with Mark. It's basically Gary and the All Star Band. Yeah, it's more All Star Band yeah. people yeah. coming yeah. in now, and other people still, but. It, There was a lot of guest stars along the way. I mean, we'll get to this, but we may as well hit it
2: early on. But obviously that pairing split, and it was definitely not an amicable situation. uh, It was an acrimonious kind of split there. Mark, to this day, you know, Mark always has good things to say about Ringo, but why would you bite the hand in case the hand comes back around to say, come on in? Yeah, there's no reason for Mark to put Ringo down. Mark probably knows he did wrong. But to me, the Roundheads live album... I think is a sign of what we may have seen on the next Ringo tour had Mark and Ringo not split. Allegedly, the story goes that the reason why there was the breakup was because Mark... Well, he, Ringo's people said it. Ringo's
1: people His said lawyer, it. His lawyer, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce yeah. said it. Grinkle, who, who, yeah, who was the the, Howell, the brother
2: yeah. of the guy who introduced Ringo to, to Mark Hudson, which right. is interesting. But, okay, so the official towing the line story is that Mark left Ringo high and dry at the start of the tour, and it was a last-minute departure. And Mark went on to go star in a British TV, show, you know, I don't be think a it was British. A British TV show. Oh, no, that's right. It was an American show. The I keep one it the was making British. of a movie star. Yeah, and, it, and was, it, it was. It was a musical and it wasn't. It wasn't no, a hit at all. Not at all. And and so I think a Ringo and the Roundheads show
1: is what we were really in for. I but think for an interview with Mark in, as the as the, uh, the well, musical maybe, director. Well, maybe maybe. Um, if you look, I think he was going to be more of a member of the All Star Band. I think so too. I think, was, I think so too, but I, yeah. but I
2: think that he was probably going to be MD. Maybe and I and I Cause think you could do. Well, so well I don't know because um,
1: Mark Rivera was was the MD at the time. So correct.
2: I think if Mark had just been a guy who was going to be a member of the band, and then left, I really genuinely don't think it would have been a big deal.
0: I
1: don't to know. To be honest, He's I think a, breaking a big up,
2: musician though.
1: He, the the he saw it.
2: you could have gotten anybody to plug it in. I think Mark was going to be the MD, and I think that the shows were going to be much more round headed oriented. Musical that, director, uh, and and I think that you would have seen well, if, if, you know, if Mark
1: Rivera was still there. I think he was. He was the MD. music director. Yeah, but you know what? And he still still is. He still comes. And but as we say occasions. in America.
2: Tough luck. Well, but, you know, if Mark you was know, still there, Mark could have stepped down and let Hudson be. You know, according to Mark, though, the time.
0: reason they split was because Ringo wanted more synthesizers. synthesizers. Yeah. And, well, he's th- th- down.
1: Well, yeah. what's Dave, he going to su- say? Dave Stewart. I screwed in, up. And, you know, yeah. he's the, you know the king of the synthesizer. Yeah, so gonna say? Right. I screwed up, and you know, well, he hasn't. And I give I give Mark Hudson credit for not bad mouthing Ringo. on the way. Right. Right. And he, you know, if he's going out as this like storyteller type show, which he does do. You would think he would do it, but we he doesn't, hasn't. Well, so.
0: if you did something wrong, how could you... If you did something wrong, well, how are you going to badmouth the other guy?
1: Because it doesn't matter. You know, yeah, just it does. Who you... Well, it does when one of them has a lot of money and well, a lot of lawyers, yeah. well, you that's, see. that's true, too. Yeah. Um, but at this, this moment of Ringo's career, this 10-year period, I thought was um, very... Very uh, Let me good. just
0: before you say that th- I don't remember the Ringo 5.1 the surround sound collection. I do, I do, I do. I do. do. You? Yeah. Oh you yeah. Do. It was
1: on Koch or yeah. Coke Koch, whatever Kochier record. Um, okay. Yeah, it was. It was actually one of the first times of someone had done something like that. It's a surround yeah, yeah. sound album. It was. A, it was a it was 5.1. Yeah. Only. It was. There wasn't yeah. a another release with it.
0: Right. And that. Yeah. And it was remixes of the time they had together. Right. Yeah. I didn't know that. I do remember a little bit, but not a lot. You'd have to play it, it on a
1: like a DVD player to get you know the the five speaker thing, the five point one speaker yeah. thing. I wonder so, is
0: it still around? I don't know.
1: You know, he's not on. No, I mean, it, I I guess I could find it on eBay. Yeah, yeah, I'm
0: Cause sure. Because I've never, I didn't buy that. Obviously, yeah. it's also it
1: weird choices for this. It wasn't you know, it wasn't like the greatest hits of his time. You know, some of it was, but it wasn't.
0: Well, maybe they picked the stuff that would
1: be best surround. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's and also, was thinking. well, yeah, you said it was Grammy nominated in 2007
0: eight. Yeah. yeah, for the best surround sound album. I didn't even know they had that.
1: Yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah. It, I never got it, but well, I don't have the set. They didn't for win, it. but can you imagine if they would have won? That would have been his parting thing. Yeah, but it's bizarre. So bizarre. So anyway, um, to me, Mark Hudson was really good for for Ringo. He's very, I think, he's very supportive of Ringo. Sometimes. He got into a little bit too beatle on the production. But, you know, why not? It's Ringo. <laughs> well, Ringo yeah. said in 2003, Mark puts the fun back in recording.
0: Yep. We always have a, such a great time. He lets the musicians know that anything is possible. He's a great musician, has lots of energy, and is a lot of fun to work with. That's 2003, four years right. before they split. And you can tell in every one of the releases that they're having a good time. Right. Absolutely. And, right. and the harmonies are Absolutely. beautiful. Because Mark and the Hudson Brothers was great harmony. Oh God, yeah. And if you listen to all these albums, harmonies are prevalent, and there's a lot of fun. Some of the stuff is is miss.
2: Right. You know, I don't like everything.
1: Well, one thing that I think with Mark Hudson as part of Ringo's creative process or creative producer is that you had the Roundheads, and they always did. Whenever the album came out, they'd always do a couple of shows or television appearances. And then usually, the all-star band's a couple of months away, and then you get a regular all-star band thing. And sometimes you you wish that they just went out as the roundheads. Now, Ringo's always said he didn't want to do that. be the He didn't want to he be the to main focus. guy yeah. for the entire show. And I can understand that. But I do like the stuff they did live. The VH1 Storytellers album's a very strong album. The That's Soundstage my- <laughs> show, one thing about the Soundstage show, he let... Mark Hudson sang a couple of songs, yes. which is in the TV yeah. version, but not on the red But CD that's
2: version. why I'm 100% convinced, 100%, that what
1: they were heading for was going to be around Hits Tour. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. That, I think because, after the All-Star Tour yes. with Mark Hudson, I think he would have done it. Uh, no, I thought it was going to be first, well, because I, there I,
2: hadn't I, been an announcement yet of the All-Star lineup. Then all of a sudden, when Hudson was out, totally out, and we started hearing the rumors about Hudson being out, bang, there was a new All-Star lineup announced. Right. I really thought that Hudson had finally convinced him. Don't worry, Richie, you can carry a show, and they were going to go out and do it, maybe with an opening act, and they do an hour and twenty instead of two and a half hours. Right. But I think that's what was going to happen, and then he jumped ship, and that's why well, Ringo was pissed. Well, the, well, yeah, you can't
0: convince him that he's going to be right. only and, then it and then
1: totally get his confidence right. down, right? Because he, Mark Hudson, had been saying, "Well, I'd love to be an All Star band member," and he he said that several times, and Ringo's like. Well, you're working with me, you know, and and if you think about it, and nothing against Mark Hudson, but what songs are you going to do on that type of tour? So You Are so a, star a Star and Rendezvous. And, yeah, and Rendezvous. Okay. That's all Most, you have to do. Right. Almost everyone in the world does not know those songs. Oh, you're no, wrong. No, you're wrong. Unless, you're wrong. unless, unless no. he did Living on the Edge. Now, that would have no. been a, a good song to no, choose. No, you know what? No. He did co-write it. He did co-write it. I understand that, but if you do- And he did it when we were on yep. stage with him, and it sounded very good. You could do Living on the Edge, but if you- But I everyone knows you, that song.
0: Maybe not everybody knows Rendezvous, but I everybody guarantee you, So You, so a you Are a Star. If he sat down, it's a. it sounds I, like Paul okay. McCartney. Okay, I would say and so- And if you
1: do So You Are a would. I, mean, I would say that song, not. but I think Living on the Edge would have been the second choice. Because it's such a well-known I, I don't know song. Know, I don't know. Think about it. I still about think rendezvous would have been the same you know, uh, Simon Kirk sang the Bad Company songs. He didn't sing them in real life. Right, right. So but, but, but Simon Kirk was living on the Bad edge. Finger. Yeah, Bad Company. Bad, 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 bad Company. company. Uh, ba- bad company. It's okay. But Mark Hudson
0: was not in Aerosmith. But he co-wrote the song. I understand. Yeah. But,
1: yeah. Matter of fact, it sounded like he wrote most of it, actually. Yeah, he did. And, and then they came in and fixed it up. Right. So we're talking about Mark Hudson and his work with... Let me just say one thing. I find it funny how
0: he first came in contact with some of the Beatles. Right. In nineteen seventy-three he went yeah. he went into a club in in LA and John was sitting in the back and Elton John walked in. Elton and John were supposed to be interviewed by some people and Mark Hudson went up to John Lennon and John Lennon told him to piss off. Yeah. And then he yeah. said, Let me just ask you a question about glass onion and then I'll leave and he's about the meaning of a lion in Glass Onion. And John said, it meant nothing. Now go piss off. <laughs> so
2: That's funny. Yeah,
0: and that's how we that's first met funny. John. And even Ringo, he said, Ringo, when he first met him... <laughs> I want my pants, Mark. He Sorry. called him a bastard. No, he said, get out of here, you bastard.
2: That's funny. And exactly. he said,
0: but then... It's funny because there's a video of, of Mark Hudson... I want my pants. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I won't sign. Um, he had, there's a video of Mark Hudson giving four different versions of you're a bastard in Ringo voice. And one is like a good one. Like, Oh, you bastard. Yeah. And one's like, you're a bastard. But he does the whole thing. But also he tells the story about when Paul was recording with Ringo in Sussex and they were recording Ringo's album. Pretty cool. Yeah. And there's uh, the, the woo, um, where he said, uh, Paul just started going woo with his head, you know, and uh, the head shaking. And, Ringo said oh there he goes again he's doing that thing and Mark said well why What are you?" he goes yeah, he stole it from me you know and he said what do you mean he said because I was back there as the drummer the only way I'm gonna get attention is if I shake my head so I did it I started shaking my head and then Paul looked over at me and then started shaking his head when I did the woos so he stole it from me and then Mark Hudson said and then they both hugged and, and it was like a little fight not a fight but a That's cute little hysterical. bickering and then they but they were laughing, you know, and while they did it, it wasn't serious. And then they hugged, and then they just recorded the song. So that is pretty funny. But he, he did meet George, but there's no detail about how we met no, George. No, yeah, no. Yeah.
2: But just to clarify the joke, because I just realized I'm making... But the whole I want my pants, mock oh. is from an incident where they were rushing to a recording studio in London. And they went past a shop on Carnaby Street that was housing one of the auction houses yep. that were doing a celebrity auction. And they're literally rushing to get to the studio. And Mark is like almost like pulling Ringo along and then turns around and Ringo's gone. And he's going, oh, Jesus. So he looks behind him and there's Ringo standing mesmerized in front of a shop window. And Mark said, you know, what are are you looking at? What are you doing? And Ringo says, those are my pants. And Mark says, what are you talking about? He says, Mark, those are my pants. And sure enough, in the window were Ringo's pants from 67 and they were being auctioned off, and he said somebody stole my pants, Mark. And Mark was like, "Ringo, we we have to get to the studio." And Ringo's like, "I want my pants, Mark." So they go to the studio, and they finish recording, and then the next day comes in, and they go into the and Ringo they walk in, and Ringo goes, "How are we get my pants back, Mark?" And it became, the, and Mark finally just said, "Okay, where was the shop? Let's find out." So they call a bunch of the auction houses, and they finally find out, like. Who's got Ringo? And Mark just hands Ringo the phone and Ringo just goes, hello? Yeah. I want my pants. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like a whole thing that Ringo just wanted his pants back. So Mark said the funny part of it was in the end, he had to drive over and go pick up Ringo's pants. And he said the funny part of it was he brings them back. And as he put in, the son of a bitch still fits in them. You know, in his pants from '67, right. well, and he just got it go, All right, well, I'm happy now. I got my pants. So even <laughs> we like, auctioned
0: them off for the lot. <laughs> no, but
2: it's still know, like to this day, like literally, Mark told me that story. I don't know, I got it had to be at least 12 years ago. Yeah. And to this day, my wife and I, every time Mark's name comes up, I want my pants, Mark. One of us <laughs> will do it.
1: Is, I want my pants. Well, he, he was a great storyteller at the fest. He, you know, he's not at the fest anymore. He hasn't been there in a couple of years. But I always enjoyed his stories, and even though after a while we knew them all. He always told him with excitement, gusto. gusto, and like you know, this is the first time you're hearing it. Yes, you know, so I yeah. give him credit for that. Okay, we're gonna pick out some of our favorite songs from the Ringo Starr Mark Cutson years as producer co-writers, whatever he did, um, and I and I like the way on on, on the records it would say Ringo produced by Ringo Starr. And Mark Cutson then underneath it, Mark Cutts and Ringo Starr. He did that, and
2: that's very funny. Yeah. You know, so yeah,
1: yeah. And and, and now he's omitted and, from any re-release. No. But it, but it's you know I think one thing one before we pick our, get to our songs, one thing I liked about Mark Cutson was he was there for Ringo, and he encouraged Ringo sort of to embrace more of the Beatles side of him. But maybe Ringo, oh most definitely, and I think did. and I think Ringo's actually sort of continued it as. Basically, he is now his own producer. Yeah. And he also has the same attitude where you, you, know, you come in, you do your bit, and you leave. And that's basically how these records were made. They had a small little studio but the, the, above a Chinese restaurant. Yeah, but say. the
2: key thing to all of this, in my opinion, is that Mark knew how to produce both Ringo's voice and Ringo's drum work—that's true—to make it the most complimentary, I think it's ever been in Ringo's career. I agree. That's, that's a good. I point. don't think any other, in, including with all due respect, even, well, maybe Richard Perry, maybe, but not all the time. Richard Perry got Ringo's voice, but it was always a little bit augmented. The, the, the half of the songs. Ringo had to have like oh, Mary Clayton on some tracks. So yeah, a lot of exactly. Vocals. Whereas a lot of this stuff, it's Ringo bare-assed. Yeah, you know, and with and backing it works.
1: vocals, but the backing vocals are yes, are not, not, not singing with Ringo on yes, a lot of it. Are unto themselves.
2: Right. So, all right, well, go ahead. So, we are talking about Ray Faves here? Do you want me to? I've got a bunch. You uh, go first. I, you go. first. I put together a greatest hits album.
1: I did too. Because that's what I did not. Because uh, one thing about the photograph album, there's not enough. No, from this era. Yeah, this no. era. Yeah. And you wish there were, you know, it should have been a two CD set, but yeah. that's a whole other thing. Let It Roll should have been two CD, but that's another thing too. But, uh, well, I, I put them in no particular order. Uh, okay.
2: My favorites would be... Uh, wait, wait,
0: wait, So wh- why don't we go around the room?
2: Oh yeah, okay. why don't we each pick one? And then that way... Okay, now, Ruby. Then
1: Just then in case we all have the same Let's do that. The same, the part same part ones? All right. Uh,
2: I love, love, love. And who would have thought that these two would go together and do a do a duet? Uh, don't Hang Up. That's Chrissy I, Hind, right? Chrissy Hind, And as usual, it's a modern and throwback song at the same time. There's a little tiny bit of processing on the vocal, but it's cool rather than annoying. And who the hell knew that these two, Ringo and Chrissy Hine, would sound so good together? I would have loved this on a Pretenders
1: record. Oh, i love this song. Love it. So that's one for me. So I, I, I actually have that choice. I agree with you. You never would think Chrissy Hine... No, and Ringo Starr. and Ringo Starr. Yeah. You know, expect Chrissy and Paul, maybe, because yeah. the vegetarian thing. But, and, uh, <laughs> well, but Ringo's a vegetarian Vegetarian? Yeah, but, but, you know, you're, you're right about that. I take yeah, that back. Yeah, right I know you have it on well, the Actually, list, I should say
0: because Chrissy Hine was friends with Linda. Was friends or? with yeah, Linda. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And Carl O'Leary yeah. and them. Right. My first one is La da and oh, stealing mine. I, what do you mean, stealing yours? You're bad. Um, well, You bastard. The obvious
2: one almost.
1: But you know what, though?
0: Yeah. La da to me is a great song that if released in the 70s, would have been a hit for Ringo. Oh, definitely. N- would not have been out of place on Goodnight Vienna as there a single. Go. And I think it would have been a big hit single. I think yeah. so, if, so. It, if it came out in too. 1974. And we should mention that uh, Paul is on it. Paul, well, Paul's yeah, um, on it. In the video, there's Hanson as well. Hanson, right. They're all in the like on a bench, right? And they were going to do some more stuff with it, but it rained yeah.
1: that day. Well, it was, they were supposed to shoot it at uh, yeah. Shea Stadium, but unfortunately, it, yeah, rained, it rained that and they day. Just it sat on out. a bench outside the studio. And, 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 well, they were in Times Square. Yeah, and Hanson's in it. It's a great song. It is, it's a good man. video it's, too. It it's is a, fun. It's a fun video. Ringo's sitting there with the umbrella. It, it shows Paul and him recording in the studio. Yeah, a little bit of it. Yeah, a little bit because they did. But you know what they also did with this? One thing about Vertical Man. Ringo did so much promotion on it. I felt yeah. so bad that it didn't sell, and that the radio stations he went to didn't play it because he purposely went to radio stations that might play it. Yes, yeah. uh, it wasn't he did, just he did a lot for ladi da. Yeah, and ladi da, there's a radio edit. Yeah, it was only released to radio stations as promo. It was a promo, yeah, and it changes the song a lot because it changes the intro. Right. It actually, I want to say it begins in the middle of the song, but it doesn't have the picking at the beginning. Right. Which I like yeah, I do too. But as a radio process song very efficient it's very efficient to what it does i really enjoy the radio edit on it
2: i like this song it's it's very it's thoughtful it's it's simplistic it's thoughtful great slide work great piano work it's got an elo-ish devil's radio thing going on with the backing vocals at one point. Yeah, at some kinda, point. You know, but it's weird um, also
0: because it's got Mark Hudson's energy a, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> and, so. and it's a bit long, but I like the big finish. Well,
0: again, it's I like it, the, I it depends on whether you're at the album or the single. Because right. yeah. he did release a promo single, right. too. Yes. An and, actual yes. 45, a la di 45, which is kind of rare now. But I love that song. I really do think that could have been a hit if it was in any other year other I, than I,
1: in I 1998. And, and, and it'd be a great song for him to, to do live out and of... If- Everything that's on my list, probably next. Okay, now you go. I'm gonna go from I want to be Santa Claus. I didn't Though, think any from that because it was like. Well, uh-huh. the one thing about the album, which I thought was a little off, you know, Love Me Do is on the on Vertical Man. On well, Ringo wasn't on this track. Well, he was on one of the versions of the song,
0: and that's one of my unfavorites of yes. the uh, era. I, I actually like I that am.
1: song, but Fair. I understand where you're coming from. Then the Second Army does Christmas time is here again. Okay, that does not need to be redone. And they stopped that pr- mind process of okay yeah. we'll do a beatles song every album which was i was very happy about but i happen to love and it's very appropriate the drumming on little drummer boy yeah okay because his drumming yeah. is so and they rec- yeah, it's recorded like a christmas song the way the oh, echoes it is. and the the bouncing of very the very full specter yes man. yes and i just love ringo's drumming on that song and Ringo is a little drummer boy. He's what five seven. So, <laughs> so it's it's, it's a very appropriate A-ra-ba-bum. song. <laughs> I beat my kids at. Night, hey, 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 hey Bing, hey Bing. So I, I go with little drummer boy wow. from uh, Ringo Starr. Uh, wow, all because right. Because I just like the way that okay. that I, I that goes. That.
2: Well, I I I I I, I will um, um, jump over to. Um, Mindfield, one of the strangest songs in Ringo's catalog Do you want with, to say what with it's him. from, though? Do you know what uh, from No, vertical I didn't even write. It's vertical. from Vertical Man, yeah. Um, it's a favorite since this album came out. Ringo getting a little topical, which is cool. Um, if Ringo albums weren't overlooked, maybe this track might have gotten notice. Uh, I don't know if it was because it wasn't a shoegazing song that was topical. It didn't work. I'm grateful that no one tried to actually make him rap, but it is, it, it's It's <laughs> almost rap in the way he does the lyric, it's yeah. a military, it's yes. a military style of delivery. Da, 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 da. No, it seems like uh, um,
1: like Billy Joel's, you know.
2: Yeah. I love yeah. It, it yeah. But, it, but he,
1: the, it does have a little bit of
2: He sings it really, really well. The backing, the living in a minefield, yep. the backing yeah. vocals are just tremendous. That's Hudson. And that's, that's Hudson. That's and it's Hudson. got a smoking guitar solo. Yep. So, uh, minefield, that's me.
0: Uh, For me, if I'm going to stick with Vertical Man, I'll be fine anywhere. I love that yeah. song. I'll be fine anywhere. It's just yeah. a nice swinging. Yeah. Um. It's it's the perfect Ringo song. I know it sounds weird, but you know it's not like a. It's just a, a feel good song, and it works for me. It's um again great harmonies on that song. I'm not as big a fan of Vertical Man as you are, oh, Rob. I love that. Um, I like a lot of it on there, but uh, there are other Hudson Ringo albums I think are more accessible. Much more Than
2: Vertical Man? Oh, yeah. Vertical Man is... Interesting. To is, me,
1: Ringo Rama probably is the... Yeah, is, Ringo Rama is, is probably Rama the most, most straight-ahead yeah. album. Yeah. But this album is, for Ringo, it's very experimental. Correct. In many yeah. ways, I for, for, I, I for I Ringo. I agree Ringo, with you, but I, yeah, I
0: think... Meaning they Vertical finally, Man. Yeah, but I think they finally found their footing on like, R- Ringo Rama. Right. But anyway, I'll be fine anywhere from uh, Vertical Man is another really good one for me. I'm sticking
1: with Vertical Man since you guys were just there. The song Without Understanding... Is mm, so wow. different. You would talk about minefield being—it's yeah, yeah. not a song that would appear on any other Ringo album except for this one. And I really mm. enjoy the the way he sings it. Ringo singing on it is very good on on a lot of his stuff. You know, considering Ringo wasn't considered the the singer, his his vocals right on many, right. especially with Mark Hudson. There's a a very good feeling with Ringo's vocals and especially the way they're recorded. Definitely, maybe, maybe being in those small Definitely. rooms. Which Ringo has continued because a lot of stuff he records as house, and it's like it's not like it's a studio; it's more of a kind of a room. Uh, who are we? Bruce Sugar was it? Yeah, yeah. Yes, and he said, sure. "Well, we, people just come in, we overdub." Yeah, and you know his stuff sounds great, but without understanding, to me, has just this weird, different feeling for a Ringo album, and and especially for that song. So I, mm. I go with that.
2: Cool. All right, Tony. Oh, me. You know, it's um memphis in your mind
0: oh stop it that was my name.
2: i'll pull it out um <laughs> great straight ahead rocker would have been in place on ringo or Goodnight vienna not sure about um, ringo but Goodnight, Goodnight vienna. vienna probably love the vocal arrangements on it love it i love the piano playing
1: and just the whole the production. orbison
2: growl is cool yes
1: yeah it's just i like that but i can i could have lived it. without it. It, it, it really you know if it, it wasn't there would have it still would have been a good song. I, I he agree chose
0: with, well, he did Memphis in your mind a lot on yeah, tour. He did yes. you're, right, you're right. Oh, yeah. It. He really liked that he
1: one. He obviously liked yeah. that song. Yeah. And it's did. a good song and and it's very much a a Gary Burr, Mark Hudson type of thing with Ringo adding in there. So I agree with you on uh on Memphis in your mind. That's a good song. Mitchell?
0: I right, um i well, I'll stick with Vertical Man for the last one, King of Broken Hearts. Well that's uh, a great song. It is. It's George Harrison. Yep. It's Ringo Starr. Yes. It's yep. it's a little plotting. Yeah. But it's still a nice song. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know the, the the chorus, the harmonies on that again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, notice we keep saying harmonies, but that's that's Mark Hudson. Yes, King of Broken Hearts is a really good song,
1: and it has a great solo from George. And there's also a radio edit of that too, because that was yeah. released as a single. Because it was a little long. Yeah, and but-, but it's a great. It's I love the playing of George in that, and it's it's a little bit slower, you're right, but it. It's it too it bad picks that, up. It picks up. Yeah, and, it
0: does. But it's just too bad that when you have someone like George playing on a Ringo song, yeah, that maybe it's not a more peppy, happy, snappy sure, song I mean, because sure. it's not going to get the notice that it should.
1: Well, I think this is uh, you know more that slides. George, of course, we, but he
0: but listen, he does this is love with a slide. Yeah. and that's more happy, peppy, that's, snappy. That's that. <laughs> so <laughs> it could have been you know. Let me see a bouncy, a bouncy. So, I'm gonna go. go
1: with the song. Are you ready? Ooh. From which one? Which is Liverpool 8, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yes, wow. it is. And the reason I love the song, and you'll like this, Tony, it reminds me of a song that Michael Nesmith, if he had written a song for Ringo Starr, that this would be the song. Interesting. That, you know, or, you, know we could, you know, it, it sounds like, uh, what was the song from 68 with the monkeys he sings in Tapioca the book? Well, no, no. no the, fine Magnolia crazy, Slims? Mag- uh, no. But Magnolia Sims
2: is through Sims. the. Uh, yeah.
1: Magnolia? Yeah, yeah send that it's, one. But Are You Ready reminds me of a Michael Nesma song that if he'd written it for Ringo. Yeah, I, I really enjoy out. the song. And it's the last song on the album. And Liverpool 8 is not the strongest album in the world. Ew. Uh, but that song is a nice ending for an album. You know, and that was the last album they did. Yes. So. Yeah. And, and who maybe knows? Maybe the material. Who knows
2: if it had been sequenced that way when Mark did it?
1: That we don't know. We right. Don't, you know, that's exactly. true. Exactly. Anyway. And, you know, it's so But to me, that would be a. One of my choices, cool.
2: Anthony. Yeah, back to me. Um, you title song from uh, Choose Love. Oh, uh, come on. I like the Taxman Man bass line, oh, I, I like the, the <laughs> lead guitar work. <laughs> Ringo, really strong vocal. You, you get Beatle references galore. Who cares? What goes on
1: tomorrow? Never knows. Blah, blah, blah. Love. Um,
2: Choose but love. you know what, though, it's a really good song. But one so. thing you
1: mentioned about the Beatle references, and, and that was like one of the things that some people knocked about Mark Cutson and working with Ringo. But you know what? He's Ringo. He's Ringo. But guess All who also it did it? it? Beatles. Guess who also did it? Harry Nielsen with Back Off Boogaloo. Who did it? Postcards from Paradise. Right. Todd right. Rundgren wrote mm-hmm. the lyrics. Ringo wrote the, the music. He's listed And that, the whole thing, it, a whole thing is Beatles. The whole thing is Beatle references. Literally. Let's connect every Beatle title right. we can and make a right. song out of it. So it's not just Mark Hudson <clears> doing the Beatle thing. Yeah. Because other people have done it too. And- Obviously, Ringo doesn't mind doing it because he would say otherwise. When he's got the right to do it, then bloody hell, that's he right. does. That's right. So yeah. I don't mind the Beatles me pants mark. You know, <laughs> yeah. so, when it goes over the top, you know, you walk away. Yeah, that's all. Mitchell? Speaking of going over the top with Beatles references,
0: I like the title cut of Liverpool Eight. Okay, I really do. It, it okay.
2: that I, that's one of that's the ones the I like. Only
0: song I like
2: on that. Wow. Album. Okay. I'm sorry, I really wow. don't like the
0: album. Okay. I thought it was boring. I thought it was a bad period for him. I think he was trying to find his footing again after I, Mark Hudson. I think so. Uh, Dave Stewart was not the best choice, in my nope. opinion. Nope. No, no. Uh, he did a lot of publicity for it. Got a lot of flack, too, because of the stuff he said about Liverpool at that time. But he tried to backtrack. But And he was on everything with this album. I, I saw him on CBS, on NBC. It just did well, He also didn't did an interview
1: with Dave Stewart. He did. The where, interview, right. it wasn't that great of an interview, no, actually. No, it really wasn't. You it know, Ringo's gave, showing drumming patterns, but... Yeah. You think Dave Stewart might have cared a little more? Or-
0: yeah, well, Dave was for that part of the interview, he was good. Yeah, because he showed tickets ride and come right, together. That, yeah, right. But yeah. other than that, it was a boring interview because oh, Dave's terrible. not an interviewer. Yeah. But no. he had his own show, Dave. So he had he had him on Ringo. We bring yeah. on. But but Liverpool Eight, I like the chorus a lot. You know, Liverpool, I left you. Yeah. But and then when it builds to like you know more of a sing along at the end, and you know it, it just sounds like a sh- a sea shanty. But it's it's very catchy, yes. But then the album goes yeah. downhill
1: from there. But also, it's another song where he mentions the Beatles. But this is part well, of the trip of the, his the, the trip tick which yeah. he's done with Rory and the Hurricanes, right? Uh, which is yeah, more, is of more order- than
0: just the Beatles,
1: right? right? Yeah, it's not like he's just dropping. I mean, listen, George did
0: it too with you know Living in Material World. Right. He mentions John and Paul and Ringo. Right. That's, got Richie right. on the tour and John and Paul. So right. You know, and when we hell. was fab. Well, yeah, that, um, right. but when we was fab, it was like, yeah. hello. Yeah, right. right. But uh, Liverpool 8, the title cut for me was, was
1: it, and, a really and and good And by the way, uh, another edit released on that, too, it takes about a whole minute off the song. Does which it? Which really helps it a lot. But yeah, it is too long. To me, Liverpool 8 is, is like a song that you might hear at Liverpool Stadium or whatever. Correct. The sta- it's not, I don't think that's the official stadium name. No, but I know what you the mean. The stadium Echo where Liverpool plays. But it sounds it, like a, a song that people would start singing at it. But it's a very
0: bold. Thing for Ringo because he starts off singing. Right. It's not like there's a. Uh, I was a sailor first. Right. Exactly. It was <laughs> well. Yeah. But there's no right. Like Popeye. I was a sailor. But it wasn't. Um. It, it was bold. Because, of <laughs> right. It was bold because Ringo's obviously not known for his voice, and to have him, you know, start
1: the album with Ringo vocal. Cold. Yeah. yeah with the
0: vocal. Kind of weird, but it works for
1: me. Yeah, I always like playing that song. It goes on too long, but like I said, that's why they make the radio edit for me playing my... One song I really like from Ringo is called Instant Amnesia. Yeah. and Uh, I was going to put that, but something about it turned me off. Well, one thing about the song for a Ringo song, I mean, he's co-credited on every song. Uh, That was part of the deal with Mark Hudson. He said, Ringo, no matter what, you're going to add something to every song, even if we bring it in, because a lot of times that happened. But Ringo's part of it, and obviously he's producing it in, in, as a writer and player, and this, obviously it's his record. Instant Amnesia goes into three different places as a song, which yes. you don't normally get yeah. with a Ringo Starr song. It's usually a straight ahead pop or rock or whatever. This goes all over the place, it musically. It's okay, too. Yeah. So I was very impressed with the way the song... Instant Amnesia is more like a Paul McCartney song. Where, oh yeah, where I'll like give you that. Uncle Albert, Albert Halsey, where it goes into five different types of thing because Paul that. does that. Yes, so uh, yeah. I, I, I'm an instant amnesia guy. Okay, cool beans. And you? Choice of two, I'm gonna go with
2: English Garden. I just think it's a really pretty little song. I think Ringo's vocals very sweet on it. Uh, he name checks Barbara and Buster and the cat, which is a name I never can make out. But it's a it's a very personal, just a really sweet. Little song. I mean, you know, and there were a lot of major songs, hit singles that were personal like that that would do name checks. Yep. And I like that he, you know, he goes into let him in on this too <laughs> yeah. at the end and stuff. But I just think it's sweet, it's simple. It is an album closer type thing. It's just a very, you know, rounding it up. And and I just enjoy that coming from him. I enjoy when a lot of artists do that. Yeah. And just kind of like bring you into to their world for a minute, well, and there's a way that Hudson's able to do that. I think with right, Ringo, right.
1: that works. Also, English Garden. You know, the English love their gardens. It's not, you know, yeah. Ringo thinking yeah. of I'm the Walrus. No, so, yeah, well, you, you know, yeah, you people, play right. some people thought you that. play
2: English Garden back to back with English Tea. That's a great you segue. Know, I'm going right. to use it actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and it's just a, it's a sweet little, you know. I mean, uh, he mentions Barbara's name but he does yeah. it also to an I'm Yours, yes, which is very yeah. touching. Even yeah. though it's not on my list. I thought about that song. because I was going to put that on
0: only because it's very sincere, but his vocal does warble a little. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. That's
1: why it's the last song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: speaking of last song and closers, Free Drinks on Choose Love is one of my favorite songs. I mean, one of my favorite songs. Forget about, you know, on this album, on Choose Love. It has a great Dwayne Eddy guitar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's got the Leslie Speaker vocals through the Leslie Speaker, it sounds like. And it's just a great... I mean, I can't believe that that didn't get played anywhere. You know, Free Drinks, it's a totally sing-along song. Free Drinks song.
1: Is, would be a perfect thing to use in a movie as background for a yeah, scene Yeah, I mean, yes. it's just, it just... Yeah. It's a really driving
0: song, yep. and it just keeps going, and, and perfect vocals for it, because his vocals are a little hidden. Yep. Not hidden, but... They're disguised. mixed a little lower on Yeah, that they one. are. And it works. It's just a really good song.
1: yeah. I'm going to go with uh, one of the songs he picked for uh, the Photograph album, Fading In, Fading Out. And there you go. Oh, that's a good one. There you go. You my, I was, that was my next one. I always want, I mean, there's a lot of songs to pick, and I was always wondering why he picked that particular song. I I've never really read anything why he picked that for Photograph. You know why? I think in part, honestly. But it's a really um, good song. It's a really good song, but it's,
2: it's uh, a song about recovery.
1: It is? Okay. There's a, there's
2: a recovery aspect to it. A lot of the lines mm. in there are... are um, I never thought of that. ...recovery-based. So oh, okay. maybe in a way, it was Ringo's, I don't know, homage to the fact that he's that's Well, he's it's the still... last song on the album. And yep. it makes,
1: if, if you're going to talk about recovery, that's where you yes. put it. Yeah, he's, he's still with us. Mm. He's still every day. Good point. But uh, I
2: see you know, nice changes in the beats between the verse and chorus. Love the acoustic guitar stings in this. Really complex arrangement yeah. for a pop song, though. Yes, which it's not cool. your average
1: pop song. Let's no, put it that way.
2: really not. So yeah, cool. So uh, for me, um, uh, was I gonna do another one? Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry, I sure. forgot that you we were. Was sharing yeah, no, we sorry, but that's okay. Real simple. What in the world? God, I love it. I don't know what it is. I, I love it. I love the beginning. I always love the beginning of that song. Ringo's voice is not like a thousand percent perfect when it starts, but he ends up turning into really good performance in that song. In, in, for the rest of it. But I just I love the way that song kicks in. Always did, and that's yep. just a that's a favorite.
0: That's all. Uh, I'm gonna go with the George Harrison tribute "Never Without You."
1: Yeah. Also a really... has a radio edit. <laughs> <laughs> Every yeah. Ringo song has radio. Um, yeah. It's really good. No, I'm not sure that. No, I take that back. There's a ne- t- continue. I'll, I'll... Okay,
0: "Never Without You." It's a beautiful song. You know, he's obviously pining for George. I mean. It's got a lot of. A
1: couple of George songs in yeah, there. Yeah, it definitely mentions George songs. With or without you. I actually picked that
2: on my list as the one from VH1. D-
1: Either the one. Live one. Either I
2: just, one. You know why? I love the way that when he sings the line, Here Comes the Sun Is About yeah, You, the they crowd do crowd right. just yeah. surges, which is really sweet.
0: Well, so. even when they do it on the studio take, they do little things of the song you can yeah. hear it in the back you know right. like, yeah you know what
1: you know what i was thinking of with that song where, where the radio edit thing is because i work in radio and i get these things there was a record of ringo interview disc and it had ringo and the Roundheads at the bottom line the last track was never without you and they didn't do the guitar solo twice like they did in the studio version they only did it once in the beginning Right. And that's where oh, the end okay. comes from.
0: So. Right. so Never Without You is <laughs> another favorite of mine. From, yeah. Uh, and Never
1: Without You is on Ringo Rama. Yep. My choice is a song that the story I heard at the fest from Mark Cutson, and I thought this was, a, we talk about how songs get written and how songs get, get credited. The thing was Gary Burr and, and Mark were going to some Nashville songwriter thing. And I guess they go around, they, they write songs. It's like you know, songwriting, knitting circles, but they're songwriting circles. Mm-hmm. And Ringo... Knitting circles. Well, you know. You know I know, you know, know what you mean. So Ringo heard about this, and he said, well, write one for me. Oh, I have it right here. And, <laughs> that's funny. and so they took that title from Ringo, and they turned it into write one for me. Now, that's that's, funny. that's the only thing that Ringo did in the song. He nice. gets a credit because... He, he meant, said, he "Write one for it. me."
2: He- and somewhere, Ringo's going. All right, so I got a credit for that one, but nobody gave me a credit on "Hard Days Night," did they? No, they didn't. <laughs> but what tomorrow never. Or knows. tomorrow never knows. They got that one, didn't they? Sure, I get one from one of my solo albums. Right, <laughs> whoop de doo <laughs>
1: But I, but I always I get pants back. I always get into talks with my musician friends about how <laughs> songs get credited. You <laughs> know yeah. if. If you write the chords and the words, but your buddy comes up with the guitar solo and makes the song, shouldn't he get a songwriting credit? And I have a lot of friends that say, no, no, I wrote the lyrics. The, and I said, but he wrote the great chorus, or he wrote the great Or like George
0: wrote the great thing for End I Love Her But right. Never Got Great. Right,
1: that, that's, a, no, that's a great example. Or think about George when he came up with that whole, all the backward guitars for I'm Only Sleeping.
2: <laughs> My joke is always, you know, if your album's going to be sold at your concerts, and you're going to sell, like, 35 copies. And, you know what? Give, give the guy a credit. You know, if, yeah, it, you if know, your well, album's going to go platinum, you know then, Don't you know, it. you yeah. go, wow, great guitar solo, thanks. Right, but again, if it's going shipping vinyl. Right, if it's shipping violin, <laughs> vinyl. Oh, we're going to sell it at our shows.
1: Give Phil a credit for yeah. that yeah, one. No, but,
2: get but, to but, check every
0: Monday. Yeah, like I'm reminded, I'm yeah.
1: reminded of, of the song Ragdoll from Aerosmith. Diane Warren got songwriting credit because she changed it from rag something I forgot what it was to rag doll and wow. she demanded and got songwriting credit and somewhere yeah, Frankie go. Valley's going hey <laughs> <laughs> or, but, actually not Frankie Valley wait a minute <laughs> so so that R- minute Mouse R- I was I was nice it was nice to see Ringo get a, a, a songwriting credit for coming up with the title see the funny part of it is they actually wanted it's Steven actually Tyler pop, to go. what's his name she go his head, doll Run, go! <laughs> there, so, <laughs> so, one more, I guess, from each of us. Uh, hey, everybody, I go I around. I think I only mean, have one more. I got okay, a couple, that's good. But, uh, No, yeah. just do one
0: more. Yeah, one more
1: one. one more for you. And one by the way, you one forgot one. to mention
0: that right one for me is a duet. That's right.
1: That's with right. Willie Nelson. That's right. Willie
0: Nelson. The Stone Cowboy. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna... Uh, that would be gonna... perfect. Willie Nelson and Paul McCartney. Yeah, that oh, would be Oh, my God. Cool.
1: All you'd hear is that. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna quickly my guy hey, a, w- Willie a, <laughs> really had to cancel his tour
2: let's yeah, let's leave him alone really yeah, yeah yep yeah oh, i'm sorry my, Willie. Are, my two runner-ups would be imagine me there and come on christmas but the one i'm gonna pick
1: oh i don't like come on christmas i like come on christmas
2: a lot i, I always
1: come on christmas nice oh <laughs> <anyhow>. <laughs> no
2: comments wow
1: what? and I'm
2: suddenly the, there you go wow <laughs> And
1: we lost oh, him. Sorry.
2: Wow. All what right. I thought it was Chinese food on Christmas. <laughs> and well, then, and, and then <laughs> it's the Chinese food first. Oh, and yeah. for you, baby. Wow. Damn. All right. So for me, um, probably the last one would be um, Give It a Try. Uh, it's one of the few songs I actually like on Liverpool 8. Oh. I like the harmonica synth type thing. Mark would have produced Ringo's voice differently. So I got to be honest. That's one thing that I listen to and I kind of go, I like the song. I picked it, but I almost picked it envisioning it being different, which is goofy. Yeah. But it's got a nice groove. The you've got to love part sort of is the same as the opening line in the chorus of So You Are a Star. Yeah, it is. Which is kind of interesting too. Which is a Hudson Brothers song. Which is a Hudson Brothers song, yeah. So anyway, sorry. So that's me last one. And
0: my last one, man... I think I was going to go with Think About You from Liverpool 8, which is the second song. Right. But I I think I'm going to choose instead Missouri Loves Company.
2: There you go. That's a
0: great play on yep. words. Missouri Loves Company. Yeah, Misery. that was a
2: runner-up for me, too. And I he also that
0: did that live, didn't he? Yep. I think he did. I think, I think he did it yeah. live. So Absolutely. that's a really good song, too. So I, just a fun song. No, cool. no Nothing else need to be said. Just fun. Okay.
1: Um, well, actually... I like the version of Drift Away, but oh, but, but I don't like Sorry. what they... I do kind of like it. it oh, he's so bad singing. It yeah, goes, he's so, not good. He's a white guy. Yeah. No, but, I don't mean but, that in this But you know. Tyler was on the promo version, then Tom Petty comes on. I understand um, it, but I don't like any of it. I don't, it's, I, it has
0: no soul whatsoever.
1: I also think they recorded it because I think they're trying to find a way to get on the radio. If you, and you need a cover and I, and Alanis Morissette was on yeah, it. Yeah, but,
0: but it has no soul. Dobie Gray has soul. Well, Rainbow I don't
1: think Star, it was. because well, they
2: changed it to Gimme the Beach Boys and Fremont, so that I, was I the don't, problem. Well, that's what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, I
1: know. But at the same time, it doesn't have to have soul. I don't think it was trying. It doesn't have to have it's soul? to be Drift, drift away? away? Well, you know, Steven Tyler's playing the drums on it. I mean. <laughs> and not, that gives it soul? That doesn't give it soul. <laughs> of course does. My last song I'm going to choose, because I, to me, when I heard it, it's not something I'd expect from uh, from Ringo Starr, and the song is "Oh My Lord," which, oh, okay. which to me, yeah. was very, very spiritual. Yes, which yes. is something you don't expect from Ringo. You that sounded like a song that George Harrison would have wrote. Yes, and. It was very thought provocative from Ringo, I, think. I yes. like
0: the beginning where yeah. he does it very raw, where it just yeah. the yeah. sounds like the old Victrola going,
1: oh, yeah, my yeah. Lord. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's not something I expected from Ringo. He's talked about it since. He Actually, I've heard him in interviews mention that song several times. I, I
0: just sure. think that all the stuff we've mentioned uh, makes me want to go back and listen to Hudson stuff because the Hudson Ringo stuff, because it doesn't, that whole period, everybody just, oh, it's a Ringo album, who cares? And honestly, some from 98, to now, everybody just poops his whole. It's unfortunate, and it's unfortunate because there are a lot of great songs. If you yes. if you would make yes. a compilation album, yes, like we'll probably make a Spotify. We are. We're going to make a, I was just
2: going to say that the, we're going to make a know, Spotify link there, for there sh- your favorites. You
0: really should go back and listen to a lot of.
1: Yeah, that. it's yeah. good. It and I also it. I also think yeah. one of the things that Mark Hudson brought to the table. If you think about time takes time, uh, several different producers along the way. Which isn't a bad record. I, I like Time Takes Time a lot. But there was a it's lot more focus with yes. like what I think the Mark cuts. Except for Liverpool 8, which is a little offbeat a little bit. Yes, and, and absolutely. Not in, not in a musical way, just in. Yeah, yeah. But I thought the first four albums he did with, with Mark and, and Ringo were very good, thought out. Uh, they're very good albums to listen to. And I happen to like the Roundheads as much as I've enjoyed the, the All-Star tours. The Roundheads was all Ringo in the front. And you know what? That's it was a, in the back. And, and I really <laughs> the ins- bottom line show was tremendous. Yeah, it was tremendous. Oh, it was and, like and the tremendous. BH1 storytelling was that. Well, that was at yeah. Sony. Studios. That was it. Yeah. No, yeah. I was.
2: We were at the bottom line. Oh, okay. Show. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The bottom line show was tremendous. Yeah. And I saw him at an yeah. Irving Plaza. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. I did too. Yeah. yeah that, that was. A, yeah, yeah. It was the same yeah. tour. So yeah. I liked the Roundheads. I thought, you know what? It, it focused on Ringo, which maybe he doesn't like yeah. too much. I don't know. But I really enjoyed that part of it, yeah. And I did there too. were dueling bands in in yeah. a friendly way, concerning the All Star Band and uh, the Roundheads. And I liked what Mark Hudson did for the most part. Totally. You know, sometimes it got Beatley, but it, I don't mind Beatley. We we do a show in the Beatles, <laughs> so, right? <duh. laughs> right, exactly, exactly. It's not like he was trying to make him sound like Led Zeppelin or something. Right, right, right. So, nice. so I was, you know, I was very happy with it, and I think those. Will they ever be buddies again? We, we don't know, but <laughs> yeah, you who know, knows? We don't
2: know. Maybe if he gets his pants back. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway,
1: but I was happy with Mark's work, and you know, starting with Vertical Man, he comes in, and you know, for ten years, or almost ten years, it was, it was good. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, excellent. And excellent. I have to say, Ringo has continued as a producer to be pretty well thought out. He's not as expansive as maybe uh, Mark Hudson is, but. At this point, I don't think he has to be. He no, was, I think he. He took a lot of tips from Mark. I think so too. I think. It I think. It, I Definitely. think it helped him feel more comfortable as a producer. I totally agree with that. You know, I mean, I love walk with you, and I love his cover. Think it over, Ringo's. With the, oh yeah, yeah that's fun. A lot of yes, that's that, great. Yes. I mean, that, I mean that, and, and that's just a great. I a do great think sound. though, if if Mark was still with him on a lot of the
0: stuff he did release, yeah, I think it might have gotten noticed better. Because yeah. I love Postcards from Paradise, the album. I do, too. I think if it would have had some better harmonies and all that good stuff, or Mark Touch. The, the Mark Touch. Yes. It the, been, mar- yeah. which
2: the Mark been more Yeah. The Mark Touch. I agree. Or, I have to ask this, would we have gotten tired of it? I don't think so. I don't think so either, but, uh, you I know. don't think
0: so, because Ringo was putting out good albums.
1: Well, yeah, I, good okay, well, I got a question for you guys, Now I, I know Jeff Lynn didn't work as much with, with uh, George Harrison, but... Jeff Lynne is a very specific producer. Yes. And Mark Hudson is a very specific producer. Yep. Which one brought more to the, the table in the sense of helping to create oh, that, a record? that's tough.
0: Because, you know. I mean, Cloud Nine, it was his comeback. Right. And but, and it, it's the timing of everything. Because Jeff Lynne was big at that time, like in 86 and 87. He was really big with that type of production. Right. Right. Uh, whereas, okay, good point. you know, if he kept going on with it, we did tire of Jeff Lynne very quickly.
1: Yeah. I mean, but even then again, Risa the Wilbur Burrard stuff wasn't
2: as produced as no, cloud no. nine, was. but you got to remember too, that Jeff Lynne brought ELO to George Harrison. Mark Hudson brought the Beatles to Ringo.
0: Correct. That's a good
2: line. I like that. That is a very so good it's line. It's a, it's a, it's a slightly different. It's really comparing
0: yeah. apples to oranges. Yeah. It's not In really
2: apples and apples. No pun intended. Depends oh, if you're getting a smoothie.
0: All
1: right. <laughs> Apples and oranges, man. What? You never made an apple-orange smoothie? Okay, on that note, wrap that up note, the show. Wrap it up. Anyway, that does it for our look at the Mark Hudson years of For Ringo Starr. Yes. I guess that's the best way to look at it. Our Spotify list will be up. Yep. F- for all the songs we talked about, there will be a Spotify list connecting to this show. And get to listen to those songs if you've never heard them. If you, you know, most likely you have, but maybe you haven't listened to them in a while. Uh, My name is Rob Leonard. I've been your moderator for today. And joining me has been Mitch Axelrod and Tony Triguardo. Thanks for listening and see you next time.
2: Fab Four Free For All was edited and produced by Tony Triguardo at Word of Mouth Studios in Westbury, New York. The opening and closing
0: theme is My Dolly by the band The Badge featuring longtime listener Jeff Slate available on its debut album, Digital Retro, and recent Best Of compilation, as well as from the Fab Four Free For All website.
2: Thanks for listening to Fab Four Free For All. Okay. Listen, children, people, to a, to a, I, I say, can. I say. Every everybody's got to have their day And don't you know that Everybody's, everybody's got to love somebody
1: sometimes Everybody's, everybody's
2: got to win a hug. <laughs> I don't know that song Oh, oh come Kermans on oh, Herman's is Listen, people okay. Probably like their fourth biggest hit, probably No yeah. No, I'm into someone good Oh, so fifth So you, <laughs> Mrs. Brown, I'm into something good Hush That's kind of hush Thought I heard calling my name. No. No. I know. <laughs> um. Hush. <laughs> hush. There's a kind of hush. No milk today? That's not a big hit.
1: So then, then I've, listen to people's i played score. No Milk Today on my show.
0: That's a great song. It just goes yeah, on a little
1: long. Yeah, but listen to like No milk today. I get yeah. it. Mm.
0: Go to the store. <laughs> Go to the freaking store and buy your milk. <laughs> I'm out of milk and I wrote a whole <laughs> exactly. song. Exactly. No cheese as well. <laughs> <laughs> what will that they
2: guy, say? <laughs> the cupboard is all bad. I know. Oh. She had no rubber
0: hair. Yeah. Oh, I no. was like, you know, it's a great song, though. But, but, you know, it's like, you know. (laughs) Well, will they say Uh, the platter is bare? (laughs) You know. I should have gotten crudité.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Should have gotten (laughs) crudité. Because there's no milk today. today. (laughs)
0: <laughs> wow! I'm meaning on a lamppost. It's a funny little treat in case a certain lady goes by.
2: I get the leaning on a lamppost, oh, lamp but you really never heard listen He people? doesn't. He doesn't know. Listen, uh, people. Um, but oh, a must to avoid. A She's a muscular boy. She's <laughs> a muscular boy.
0: <laughs> You've never. Heard. No. Wait, you didn't do the whales joke. So up yours. <laughs> You gotta tell the whales joke. You never heard it. No, but um,
2: she's
0: a muscular boy.
2: Oh God! God help
0: me. Now I'm not gonna hear it again. No, it's it. terrible.
2: It's the worst. I'm it's gonna the, sing it that way. It's the worst misheard oh, lyric on. ever.
0: You just ruined a must-to-avoid. Now it's a must-to-avoid. Because I'm thinking, oh,
2: come on. Oh, hey, we hey. have our outtakes anyway.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> <coughs> She's Herman's Hermits. A, <laughs> a yes, complete Yes, I am.
2: A complete possibility. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. That's, that's why it's even better. That's probably what they actually did. <laughs> right. you know? like, oh my god. Jeez. A muscular boy. A complete impossibility.
0: Oh no! So you know what? What are their big hits? They hush, must to avoid
1: Mrs. something Brown. good.
0: Mrs. Brown,
2: we're missing one. We're missing like we are, a really we are obvious one. A big one. Yeah. Uh, oh, Henry the Eighth. Henry the Eighth. That's five. Wow, we're missing really. So big hits.
0: I, I would say those are the big five, and then you know, but they dandy. Not overlisten, people. I don't know. I don't know what was released here.
1: I know nothing about any of these songs. You
0: don't there. know dandy put it this way, when dandy? we used we dandy. used to do
2: Shindig did listen people. Oh all right. And people in the crowd knew it. Hmm. And the people in the crowd who did know it were well, like could not believe we were doing it. I
0: love the song Dandy, by the way. So
2: do I. Yeah, <laughs> right well I love the I love the Ray Davies. We've done dandy too. We've done that a bunch of times. I'm just not trying with to think of anything
0: uh, Yeah, maybe listen people.
2: I mean, you know, was silhouettes a hit? end of the world oh end of the world wow that's a hit oh uh, don't know much about history. Yeah, right. wonderful don't know world. much by that I know. also i know that but the uh, and, uh, i'm
1: into something into
0: good
1: the birds. keep on mm. flying uh that's a beautiful da. version though yeah yeah the end of- <clears throat> All right, so so
2: still- i think i think from now on i think it's i think it's um. I think we do a hermits hermits show. I think I, I have to tell you though, whenever I I love "You'll Never Walk Alone" by uh, Jerry. Jerry and I I, but when
0: he yeah when he does that stop at the end yeah you know ne- oh see, I love that I know but it's kind of I weird I thought my that. record stopped
1: oh man and when I first you'll heard it I thought my ne- it's funny ne- that you know you know Jerry Morrison can just walk in Liverpool any bar and he's got a, someone buying him a beer for oh but, please yeah just from yeah that, man that just from that, know, that one, I, one yeah vocal. but he retired
0: now. Yeah, he's basically yeah,
1: retired but yeah well, anyway I'll, I'll let me all right so okay. <sighs> i got enough yeah yeah, uh, yeah we you <laughs> wrote more than i just had an and I listened too, to the yeah. whole thing i like right. the album idea. All, right. all right so okay. let's
0: see all right hang on quiet on the set